Welcome to Twitch of the Death Nerve, a cult movie podcast that takes a deep dive into a different film each episode. Our wide-ranging discussions will touch on genre, culture, and the history of psychotronic cinema. I'm Charles. I'm Sam. I'm John. And this week is going to be a little different. We uh, we took a trip last week to Six Flags. <laughs> we did the like fucking animal safari shit, and we thought that would be fun, you know, look at animals. It was haunting. We just saw these like sad fucking tigers Hot. pacing around. They just like didn't belong there. It was a, not a good way to kick off our fun day at the theme park, but it got us thinking about our favorite genre of I don't know. What can what, how can you possibly describe the animal tax film? It's a subgenre of the monster movie. Yeah. Sorta. Sometimes. We just were talking about animal attacks movies all day and decided we have to do an episode on our favorite animal attacks film, but we could not possibly pick one. So before we get into what will be the official Twitch of the Death Nerve top 10 animal attacks lists. Our first clickbait article. I definitely wanted to talk about what it is because... There are so many stipulations to it, and there's so many caveats, and it seems... It seems very self-explanatory to me. I, I don't know what the what the problem well, is. Well, whenever I bring it up with someone, they start, like, listing movies like like Jurassic Park, which... Is that an animal tax movie? I mean, their dinosaurs are prehistoric animals, but I think dinosaur movies are in a different category because they no longer live on Earth. I also have insane rules for everything, so I feel like I'm poisoning the well on this one, but there are certain things that I feel like just don't belong, because I think animals attack movies should be all, like, the main focus of the movie should be animals attacking. So, things like Night of a Thousand Cats, while a I think it's, film. yeah, it's bonkers, I love it, Renee Cardona Jr. is great. After seeing this terrifying movie, you will never be able to look another cat in the eye. The management of this theater offers free burial insurance to anyone who dies of fright during the film. Caskets are optional on the West Coast. When the cats are hungry, run for your lives. But the main focus of the movie is about the suavest, creepiest helicopter flying serial killer <laughs> and he just happens to have a bunch of cats and i think daddy's deadly darling aka pigs is the same way like it's basically about a serial killer it's not really about pigs on a rampage right i wouldn't consider eaten alive the toby hooper movie an animal attacks exactly even though it's got the cool ass crocodile so i think there's some nuance no, I, I definitely think there's nuance. Yeah, it's just that animals attacking is the main focus of the movie. Yeah. Which means we sadly also, speaking of Cardona Jr., cannot really spend a lot of time talking about Tintorera because it's a movie about a threesome on a boat that just happens to have shark attacks, except for mostly the sharks are being attacked. Yeah, that's not an animal attack movie at all because they're attacking animals the whole fucking time. Yeah, yeah, it's just animal cruelty footage. Yeah, Cannibal Holocaust is absolutely not an animal attack movie. Exactly. So that makes me want to jump right into number 10, which is a movie that I had never seen before. 
and watched just because I knew that you wanted to include it on this list. I was really excited for you to watch this one. And I feel really bad disappointing you. Oh, no. I did not like it. Oh, no. And that movie is In the Shadow of Kilimanjaro. This is a true story that happened during the drought in Africa. Where the rains didn't come. But the terror did. Intelligent thinking animals. They are three times stronger than humans. And they're smart. Now they're hungry. It's this 1985 movie directed by Raju Patel, this Kenyan director. Well, he's mostly a producer who did like The Bachelor Party and like weird 80s sex comedies. But it has the fucking coolest plot. And I think it's based on a true story. Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. It kind of came out of nowhere for me. And I've never been a big fan of most monkey attack movies. But In the Shadow of Kilimanjaro. Not a fan of King Kong. That okay. King, King See, Kong is yeah. not an animal I know, attack I know, movie. I know, you but did he didn't say he didn't say animal attack. He just said he's not a fan of monkey attacks movies. So neither am I. As somebody who hates monkey movies, I love King Kong. Oh, I and thought, okay. I don't. Oh my God, no. Uh, yeah. I don't wow. don't have a heart attack. Take a breath. <laughs> I love King Kong. Okay. But it just feels so different to me because I think King Kong is humanized. In a way that monkeys usually aren't in monkey movies, even though they're very close to being humans. And and King Kong is like uh, ancestor of the giant monster movie, which is completely different from animal attacks movies. Okay, so you didn't like fucking in the shadow of Kilimanjaro because you just don't like monkeys. No, so you got I, a grudge against the primates. That's I do. all. One of my earliest fears as a child, and this is a ridiculous, embarrassing story, but I don't care because it's just how it is. So the Stephen King book Monkey Shines, which I've never read. That's not Stephen King. You're thinking of Skeleton Crew with a little monkey boy on the cover. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. So when I was a kid, somebody made a movie adaptation of that. And the little monkey toy banging the symbols together fucking terrified me. Okay, I see what's going on with your circuits over here. On the cover of George Romero's Monkey Shines, he's got the same little symbol guy as on the cover of Stephen King's Skeleton Crew. Yeah, it scared the shit out of me as a kid. And I... Always have been sort of scared monkey of monkeys. Monkey shine scared you? No, just the picture of oh. the monkey toy with the symbols scared me. Is it Cat's Eye, the one that it shows up in? Yeah, Wherever I think in, in it shows Drew Barrymore's up. bedroom. I could be oh, wrong. It's been a little like Easter eggy yeah, thing okay, in, this, okay. in the Stephen King, you know, extended Universe. cinematic But I think that's way before. Cat's Eye is like early 80s. I think Skeleton yeah. Crew came out like late 80s, early 90s. I'm not sure, you know, but going on, that, that no, is a creepy toy. So when I was a kid, it was the late 80s, so it would have had to have been then or earlier, but it scared the crap out of me, and I just, as much as I love gorillas and, you know, King Kong, I find monkeys to be terrifying, like people who so, laugh but at But in the shadow of Kilimanjaro suits, no. is, like, they're fucking baboons, and, okay. Which so are the- extra scary. Because that ass. <laughs> so okay the plot of the plot of in the shadow of kilimanjaro is 
there's like this mining town and John Reese Davis plays this like whip cracking asshole owner of the mine or Gruff boss of the capitalist. mine. Yeah, total capitalist scumbag. I'm not going to be put out of business because you can't handle the situation. The bush isn't safe for either you or your men. And, and it takes place in the Kenyan desert and there's this drought going on and this sort of like everyone's like sweaty and hot and there's no water anywhere. And the movie like opens with a baboon like next to a puddle that's like all dried up, like just dying of thirst. So these crazed baboons descend on this little company town and tear up John Reese Davis's business. But what I remember standing out so much was how, I mean, they obviously were real baboons and they're like on the like hood of people's cars they clawing sure at it. And I was just scared of these fucking terrifying little monsters. So when we went through the Six Flags safari, the baboons are the last thing you get to and they're behind all of these fences. But when I first went to the drive through safari like 20 years ago, no, like no baboons were behind a fence. Yeah, they were just on us. your car and would try to rip off your windshield wipers. And if you had the window open, they would try to come in your car. Yeah, I'm scared of baboons. Yeah, that's which... why the Six Flags Safari was so sad. They didn't let the fucking animals just attack. Although we did see some rhinos get very close to cars. And there was a giraffe just standing in front of a car, not letting this guy move. Uh, it's a real shame that we didn't get blessed with the giraffe attack yeah. movie. That could still happen. Have you ever seen giraffes fight? It's horrifying. Yeah. They like yeah. whack their necks against each other and make these like crazy sounds. It's like your cat banging her tail on the ground is what I'm picturing. But okay, so by all rights, I should have liked this movie because I'm scared of baboons. But it actually helped me figure out what it is that I like so much about animals attack movies or specifically which kinds I like. And I think the reason I didn't like this is because a lot of it feels like a drama, like a straightforward African desert drama. And because of the realism to most of the movie, aside from a certain few scenes that we'll talk about, I just realized that I like animals attack movies that are more fantastical, that have a sort of sci-fi twinge to them. Like I want giant spiders and I want cheetahs on PCP and I, I want things that like don't necessarily exist in nature. So you're not a fan of uh, what's that fucking movie with the dingo ate my baby? Oh, my God. That movie, as a kid, I thought was the funniest thing Do you know ever. what we're talking about? I have no idea what a you're talking about. A Cry in the Dark. It's also based on a true story. It's like a famous, like, my mom, like, loved it when I, I was I a kid. know the story. Isn't it, like, if I, I, I could be mistaken. Let's, no, 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 let's hear your... Australia? Yep. Didn't, like, a lady kill her baby and then try to say that a dingo did it? Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah you that. know it. She fucking killed that, that kid. That's that's where Casey Anthony got wrong. She said an alligator got her baby. <laughs> a dingo ate I mean, she baby. still got away with it, so yeah, I guess yeah, she she's did. she's fine. Yeah, I guess she did. Well, Meryl Streep got away with it, too. She did. And that movie is also a ridiculous drama, but... Well, that's fair. So you're not a I fan of... I just wanted it to be more fantastical, yeah. but there is one fantastical scene, which is the lead guy who is sort of... He's like the rational scientist to John Rhys-Davies, like, macho, rifle-wielding capitalist. 
There's a scene where he gets swarmed by baboons and the other characters think he's been left for dead. And the way he fends off these fucking baboons is he opens up a can of corn and reaches into the can and just like hands them a handful of corn. Like, why would that work when they would have fresh meat right there? I wonder if that really happened. If like it's like one of those things where like reality like they like put in something that actually happened. And everyone's like, all right, now your movie's getting off the rails. It, it reminds me when I was a kid, and I saw Jurassic Park three, where Sam Neill escapes the Velociraptors because he has like the raptor bone that makes like the raptor noises, and he talks to the raptor. And I remember I was like, it's like 14. Duck Dynasty yeah. for fucking raptor. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Uh, at least it's not as bad as the new Jurassic Park movie where he like mind melds with the raptors and. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stand down. Hey, hey! What did I just say? All right, all I, right. I remember watching this with you. It's been a few years. We, and we did like a marathon a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. And this one just kind of like snuck into the list. I think that might be why it stuck with me and I liked it so much was because... We're fucked up on ketamine. <laughs> yeah, that was most likely. And, you know, and it, it just kind of took me by surprise. I enjoyed it, but it was one of those horror movies where it's like, this is based on a true story and we're going to scare people by saying that and saying true to the facts where they really should have just oh, wow, I heard about the story. Now let's go fucking wild exploitation movie. Yeah. Like, it should have been, like, aliens, fucking baboons everywhere. The closest it gets to an exploitation movie are these really funny close-up shots of baboon teeth that, like, they cut to so yeah. they don't yeah. have to have a baboon bite a fake arm. And my favorite scene, this lady and this pilot. This So this lady's husband is a minor, and he gets killed in one of the first baboon attack scenes and it's actually very convincing but she finally thinks she's escaping this town and they're on this like tiny little Cessna plane and they they make it you know 10 20 minutes on the plane up in the air and then lo and behold yeah. from behind them the comes urban legend <laughs> a baboon. the, the baboons in the back of the plane he is you... just being quiet the whole time for all of takeoff just biding his time yeah, it's it's definitely a, a neat movie, and it's one that I had never heard of until I'd watched it. Yeah, it's one of those that's like forgotten about because I didn't hear about it until you brought it up either. It's hard to find. Actually, yeah. have any of you seen Shockma? Oh, yes. Roddy McDowell. I've never right. seen it. I've just, I know the trailer. It's been it's been some time, but it's it's like a slasher movie with the baboon as a slasher. I feel uh, I'm like painting a beautiful movie right. in my head. It, I literally rented the. All right, you know how we used to go to Orbit Video. Yeah. Now remember the other video that was there, Movie Madness. Movie Madness. So I was like eight when I saw this. Yeah, I haven't seen it since I was like twelve or thirteen, and I remember it being a little bit in the same vein as Argeno's Phenomena, where there's like a monkey. Science experiments. Yes. Okay. Okay. There are some fucking crazy monkey movies. Like oh. at some point, we'll have to do an episode on Mafu Cage. Oh, absolutely. Which is the greatest. And yeah, for sure. That's a a delirious fucking movie. Primal Rage, which I've what? never seen. Oh, Primal Rage is fantastic. The monkey 
it's it's sort of like 28 days later with this monkey rage virus and the monkey actually gets wasted like what? in the first act but the rage virus keeps going and it's in this college campus so they're turning everybody into like that sounds awesome it's it's a lot of fun what year is it from or it's what, like, like late general... 80s italian okay okay, okay. i see what's it going on here. sounds like a zombie movie masquerading as an animal yeah attack movie. It, bo svensson is like the american actor that's in it <laughs> yeah later down the line we'll we're gonna get into italy a little it, bit it's sick. we sure are but uh the, the other thing i like do you remember the chimp story the killer chimp story Oh my God! The, the, yeah. the lady got her face eaten oh, off, by the, and she yes. ended up on Oprah. Yeah, she oh was like God. on the cover of magazines for yeah. like years. Do you? I read the the uh, the cop that like showed up to that. I read his his report one day, one boring night. <laughs> you fucking freak! <laughs> and it was all right. So the guy gets a domestic disturbance call. He. <laughs> I'm sorry. Show, don't drink laughing. water while John's talking. <laughs> he shows up. And then he sees like a pile of like bloody laundry on this driveway and he walks <laughs> up to it and then it starts moaning and he's like, what the fuck? And he realizes this is this totally shredded lady. And then out of nowhere, keep in mind, this guy just knows he has a domestic <laughs> disturbance call and like, I think it's like the Midwest of America. And all of a sudden a baboon jumps him and they it like a chimp or a chimp, chimp. <laughs> and they grapple. And then he runs back into his car, and the chimp keeps coming through the like. And then the Why chimp are you like. Laughing? I'm sorry. This is the visual of this is haunting. Yeah. Of a monkey yeah. jumping yeah. a cop. <laughs> I thought you said you didn't like the realistic yeah. stuff. That's, it's, it's conquest of the planet of the apes. Oh my god! But um, the the but it's a chimp, so it knows how to open doors. So the chimp like opens. <laughs> It's like in Jurassic Park when in like yes. the raptor. The yeah. raptor. So the, the cop, the only thing the cop yeah. can do is just blast it, and he shoots it like four times, and then it like huddles back, it goes back into the house, and dies in its cage. But like afterwards, he can't. He has PTSD because he just got violently attacked by a chip. <laughs> and, Sorry. <laughs> but here's the thing: he can't get any time off. Or anything because oh, like because it wasn't a person. It wasn't a person. There is some loophole that since he got attacked by a chimp, he <laughs> had to continue working like nothing happened. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, he got, it was it was it was sad. God but, bless America. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But every time I see like a monkey attack thing, I think of that chimp eating that lady's face. We are gonna. And go. she showed up on it. We <laughs> have to fucking move along. <laughs> we fucking have to. Okay. That's number Sorry. ten. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, and just before I get to number nine, I didn't say at the top of the show that we're doing our top ten list, and it is specifically kind of geared towards the more culty, psychotronic type movies. Right. The birds isn't showing up. Yeah. yeah. Like when we first started doing it, we're like, oh, we got to put on Jaws. Right. You know, there was a little pushback from. The Peanut Gallery. Yeah, yeah, the Peanut Gallery on Jaws, which is absolutely insane. A perfect movie. But anyway, we're we're getting a little weird with this list. And number nine is... One of my personal favorites. I'm wearing the shirt right now. <laughs> it is 1972's Night of the Lepus. A night of total terror. More shattering than your strangest nightmare. What caused... The unnatural death, destruction, and panic. That night of the Lepus. A truly magical film that shouldn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
this is when I knew that you were a really special person, Sam. That's not nice. I mean that like a great, I mean that nicely. This is when I first realized that you were a very unique person. (laughs) Fuck you. We've been talking about movies for like an hour. And then when Night of the Leapus came up, you started glowing. (laughs) And you started talking about it like you were talking about Citizen Kane or something. Like, like I, I don't hate this movie, but I just don't understand its beauty. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Most people don't. I remember before Joe Bob Briggs was like the host of Monster Vision on TNT. It was just like Monster Vision was just the night they played horror movies, and Night Lepus showed up like at least once a month. So I've watched this movie a thousand times as a kid. <laughs> so and good. it's it's a wonderful I, I haven't seen it in about twenty years. And I don't want to because I don't want it to like I in my head as a kid it was terrifying. And I know it's not going to be, so I kind of just wanna leave it. It has it has rabbit like real life rabbit screams in it. Which is a horrifying. Uh, yeah, sound. it sounds like a person screaming. Did you know? When the FBI like surrounded the the Waco people, they played rabbit screams on high volume, like for days straight, trying to gra- drive them all nuts so they would surrender. How do you know this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be prepared for. Yeah. yeah when so. when the FBI's after me, they're like, oh, you're rabbit screams. Well, and, and you're you're immune to it. Yeah. Just listen to rabbit screams and watch. Because you've watched Night of the Lepus so, yeah, so many times. Absolutely. I mean, if you get taken to Guantanamo Bay, they'll just play Skinny Puppy at really loud yeah. volumes to torture you. So, so, what is it about Night of the Lepus that makes you glow so brightly? Because it doesn't make any sense. It's sort of like. What I was saying earlier about how I love fantastical movies that just follow no rules of human logic. And I don't understand how some of these things have gotten made. Like, I know I made you watch God Monster of Indian Flats Uh. with the rampaging mutant sheep. And it's a similar sort of tone to this where... It's just really low budget, and it represents, I think, regional American filmmaking in a fascinating way. Because, like, basically, this falls under the umbrella of those of two different things that happens in animals attack movies. One is animals that are not fucking scary. Who wants to make a movie about evil rabbits? Bunnies. Why bunnies are so cute? But number two, it falls under that umbrella of sort of atomic age giant animal movies because the bunnies are large. Yeah, it's it's a good mix of the the post jaws animal attacks and the 50s giant big bug. But like who was this I mean obviously it's for me. Yes, this movie there is the answer to the question yes. who is this movie for and it's you. But how did something like this even get funded? Because I wasn't born when it was made. Tax write-off. Who's the famous person in it? Is there a famous person in it? I Okay, I might be getting my circuits all crossed now, but isn't Janet Leigh in this movie? I feel like there is a a name that I'm not I thought there was like Like a famous-ass person in it. Janet Leigh. Stuart Whitman. Rory Calhoun and Paul Fix. I mean, that's... It is Janet Lee and DeForest Kelly is in it. Who's DeForest Kelly? 
DeForest Kelly is Bones from the original Star Trek, The Doctor. Oh, oh yes. And right. looks totally bemused to be there. Like he doesn't, he's getting that fat paycheck and doesn't yeah. know what the fuck he's doing in this giant fat rabbit paycheck check in yes. quotations. <laughs> but I mean, like when I think of rabbits, I think of like the like scary monsters in uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. When you jump on their heads, they turn into cute little bunnies. Yeah. And to make a fucking horror movie where you're, just to see people so scared of rabbits the whole time. It's perplexing. And you know what? Bless those people yeah. for showing up to set every day and pretending to be terrified of giant rabbits. Yeah. I just love it. I remember there's one scene where like there's a bunch of cattle or her horses running and all the giant rabbits are just like jumping off a cliff onto them to eat them. Mm-hmm. It's... <laughs> What a fucking great yeah. movie. God bless the 70s. I know. they did That's a, what I'm saying. Yeah, Drive-in cinema is is the greatest thing man I has ever made. I was hanging out with uh, my friend the other day who owns a rabbit, and I occasionally rabbit sit for them. And I was talking about our list, and I was like, hey, have you ever heard of Night of the Lepus? And they're like, no. And I'm like, do you know what a lepus is? And they're like, no. And I'm like, so that's why they call the movie Night of the Lepus. Because yeah. if they called it Bloody Night of the Bunny Rabbit... I can't imagine a lot Night of butts. Night of the Killer Bunnies. B Banicula, remember Banicula? <laughs> oh, Banicula. Yeah. That was a scary. Wonderful. That was a scary rabbit. Also, there's the rabbit with big nasty pointy teeth in Monty Python's Holy Grail. Another mm. horrifying scene. That actually was pretty scary when I was a kid. And, as a kid, yeah. And the best part is that they laugh. And Who's scared of a rabbit? Like, yeah. what do you mean there's wow. this blood sucking you know rabbit? What? I wish I'd seen this when I was a kid. Like, if I had a time me. machine. I wouldn't go kill Hitler. I mean, I probably would, but I would, I would watch Night of the Lepus when I was ten. And 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 like that's the perfect time for it. I mean, yeah. if this movie it really is, and also if this movie was made now, it would be tongue in cheek. Yeah. But the fact that only in the seventies you could make this giant killer rabbit movie and play it completely, and straight. everybody takes it so seriously. Yeah, and it's it's great when you're a kid and you're watching something and you don't know that it's not scary. Because yeah. you're so young and you like, you know, you're not like conditioned to be like, oh, rabbits aren't scary. If a movie tells you that this is scary, you're like, OK, I'm scared. And I'm not saying that as an adult, you would necessarily watch Night of the Lepus unless you're on a shitload of drugs. Then it probably would be scary. But I just love that this insanity exists yeah. and that like John was just saying, they took it seriously. They didn't try to make it campy. It yeah. just it has that that wonderful seventies psychotronic energy that I love more than anything in the world. Night of the Lepus from MGM. I guess that's a decent segue to our number eight, which is another movie that is psychotronic <sighs> yeah. at its finest. And you just love that it exists and And you're also scared of the fact that it exists? It's one of the most intimidating movies to watch. We watched it for the first time recently. We had a cat-themed marathon that we... We did it because we really wanted to watch like some crazy Hong Kong movies like Evil Cat and The Cat by the Which director of Rikio. Yeah, it was awesome. But we had never seen 1981's Roar before. In the sunrise, hear the music of the children in the moonrise. And holy shit, I think it was like 
the hit of the day. Like it was. It also, it's one of those movies that you could argue isn't really an animals attack film because it doesn't follow the formula of a lot of most of the movies on our list. But because it involves real animals really attacking people, the blood is real, the stitches are real. Yeah. I think it counts. the, 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 The tagline was like, no animals... Were, were harmed, harmed, but like thirty-seven stuntmen were, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, thirty-seven actors and crew members were. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it Tempe Hedrens? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, and like in real life, she lived with all those. They were her friends. Like I'm sweating just thinking about it. It could be the chimp story all over again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but with like forty lions yeah. and leopards and jaguars and tigers and yeah. Early on in the movie, you see. The main guy who I think is it the director who is the, yes. the star, like yeah. the crazy Noel Marshall, yeah, Noel Marshall, who I think was to be Hedron's partner at the time. Yes, they lived with these cats for real. Yeah, this this sanctuary where they also took in Anton LaVey's extremely violent lion, who's kind yeah. of stars as the uh, oh, I didn't know, yeah, yeah, he's the evil lion in the movie. So, oh, wow. I, I think part of how this whole thing got started is because for whatever reason, rich people sometimes feel the need to buy exotic pets because they can afford to. But even people like Anton LaVey, like if you don't take care of these animals correctly, like they're wild animals. It's not a, it's not a house cat. So that's how she started rescuing them was finding all of these like show animals who needed homes and, Rich people who are like, holy shit, I have this lion and it just bit me. Get it out of here. So the, here are all of these crazy animals together on a farm yeah. in Africa. I got 56 stitches in the head and it took six guys 25 minutes to get the lion off of me. You know, I, we probably should have figured out then that maybe this is going to be a problem. <laughs> I got to go help your uncles. They're killing each other. The first day of filming, Noel Marshall was the victim. It was the big lion fight. Full-grown male lions are fighting each other, and he runs in to break up the fight. And then a lion bites him through the hand. Through the hand. Through the hand. And then he, like, you, if you watch really closely, you can see he goes like this and shakes the blood off and shakes. And then he goes in and he breaks up the fight again. Uh, and you just see the director, who's also the star, get progressively more bandaged up and bloody as the movie goes on and you see him and like he's in fucking pain like they're really hurting him but he justifies it the whole time and it sort of reminds me the way of people make excuses for their badly behaved children it's oh yeah or their shitty fucking dogs yeah it's like he's just playing and so as the movie goes on there's no real plot although they kind of try to make one but Every time he gets attacked, he's not like, oh, this lion is dangerous. He's like, oh, he's just playing rough. He just loves me. He yeah. doesn't know. <laughs> they, they have the uh, like the plot is like the one guy who shows up that doesn't know that the place is infested with lions. And he has to hide in like the attic. Well, it's a uh, little uh, not fucking Kate Hudson. What's that? Little... It's Tippi Hedren's daughter. Uh, Melanie Griffith. Melanie right? Griffith. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Of body double fame. She like rolls up with a little crew. And the the dad is gone. He like yeah. went out for like a minute. He They're... went on a jeep ride with two tigers oh, who like... just like hop on top of the jeep and they're just there for the ride. And they behave themselves for the most part, Honestly. but everyone's fucking terrified of them. 
And there's poachers also, too. Poachers show yes. up. Yeah. They yeah. also the tigers maul someone in a boat in the first five uh, minutes of the movie. All the stuff in the water with the big cats is terrifying. terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, this is the scariest like, and, movie and, on our list. And you could just see the fear in everyone's eyes, and they know that this isn't safe. It's so funny when you see some of the characters act in like a regular scene where they have to do like some kind of like speaking role or line or whatever. And they're like just fumbling it. Like they're like just like shitty actors. And then when the fucking cats show up. It's real. It's real. You know, you're no longer watching a movie. You're like about to watch a fucking Mondo movie or something. It does feel very much like a Mondo movie. And it's also just so demented that this even exists. Yeah. I love when the end credits roll. It's it, it like it gives all those it sort of reminds me of like the end of Animal House when there's the where are they now text. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They, they say where yeah. all the uh all the lions went to and who they all are. But then like it's has this it's all about conservancy and how it's important yeah. to save the lives of these big cats where Meanwhile, for 90 minutes, we just watch them maul people. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Remember the scene with the fucking elephant when the elephant shows up? Oh, my God. That's probably the scariest part because elephants, as sweet as they can be, are scary as fuck, especially bull elephants who are defending their territory or who feel threatened or who remember someone they don't like. Yeah, it like rolls a car up. I dated this girl who, uh, her grandfather worked at the casino and it was one of those big, like magic shows with the tigers. Who are the two big guys? Uh, yeah. Um, Barnum and Bailey. No, no. no um, the, uh, Sig- Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. He takes an elevator down, gets out of the elevator. It's like the sub basement, whatever. Takes about six feet and sees this giant white tiger just chilling out. And he, he said he had never felt, he had gone through Vietnam. And he, <laughs> Literally was in Vietnam. And he said when he was like, he knew like how far he was from the elevator, how close he was to this tiger. It was like the most primal terror that he has ever felt in his life. And he just like speed walked to the elevator so he could catch it in time, but without really getting the tiger's without attention. Without giving wow. the chase. Yeah. I love when you tell a story that has a sub basement in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of things that really scare the hell out of people. Brings us to number seven on the list. Anaconda? No. (laughs) Also, we couldn't put Anaconda on this list because... It has John Voight in it. This list is CGI free. I liked Anaconda. It's not a great movie, but it's fun. Anaconda is like a quintessential 90s Exactly. And I saw it opening day when I was like 12 and the theater went nuts. That was fun. It was a fun movie. I remember that. I can't wait to revisit that. It's been It holds up. I saw it a few years ago and it's like, oh, fun. Anaconda 2, though. All right, all right. Curse for the Curse of the Blood blood Diamonds or or Blood Orchids. (laughs) 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 But actual number seven has nothing to do with snakes. It is Kingdom of the Spiders. Why would spiders suddenly turn aggressive? This right here is scientific phenomenon. One minute they weren't there, and the next minute they were everywhere. How do we get rid of them? There's not just a few spiders out there, there's millions of them. And your town is right in their path. I love this movie, not only because, so sort of like Night of the Lepus, and I don't know if you guys have seen Nightwing, 
which is an animals attack movie all about bats. Oh, no. They all have this really great Southwest American vibe. They take place in the desert. They're all in these rural communities. Night of the Lepus and Nightwing. And I think maybe to a certain extent, Kingdom of the Spiders touch on like tensions with Native Americans. And so there's all this interesting social stuff going on, even though they are kind of inept at times. But this one has Shatner chewing the yeah. scenery to the nines. I wish he was in more movies. Every movie. You know. he, he had a good run with Southwest horror movies. He this did. and Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign and Incubus. Wait. The, the Esperanto movie. The one with the Ca- John Cassavetes? No. 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 Okay. Another Incubus. <laughs> it's this black and white gothic horror movie shot entirely in Esperanto, and it's great. Well, I've never with, heard of it. And Shatner is young and genuinely very good in it. It's, wow. We'll have to watch it for how I would love oh, to. Isn't he like a, a, a wife killer or something in that? Or am I thinking of a different? He's a wife killer. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a spider killer in it, but he is in Kingdom of the Spiders. Oh my gosh, they, they kill a lot of spiders in this. I movie. know it makes me so yeah, sad. Yeah, it's it's. I remember, like, especially at the end, like a bunch of just get run over I and know. It just seems. And they're like, so on. fragile. So I was scared of spiders as a kid and thought, okay, this is a stupid phobia. So I got a pet tarantula named Ursula, who I had for like fifteen years and was like the love of my life. And so it's really sad that they kill so many of them. Mm. But the redeeming quality is this is one of the few animals attack movies where the animals win, which is what I want out of every animals attack movie. Oh, for sure. There's like two different main types of animals attack movies. There's the ones where like animals are fucking with like people like like say jaws where the animals are like fucking up the beach and the, the local economy yada yada they're eating a bunch of kids and they right. and and man has to overcome nature in those movies and the other ones the ones that I think I prefer are the ones where it's kind of flipped and nature where, wins yeah or, or and it's men encroaching in nature's right. space right. And, and, and nature and they are doing nature back. wrong and they're the ones like okay we need to fucking get rid of these people and you're rooting for the animals the whole time. Oh, yeah. And they're with a lot of those. And this will come up again later on our list. So I don't want to go into it too much. A lot of those late 70s ones where nature strikes back have to do with really interesting like fears of ecological issues like pollutants and what are we doing to our environment and what is this evil capitalism doing to us? Yeah. Another. (laughs) Sorry to change gears have any of you seen arachnophobia in your adult lives not, not as adult, an adult no but i remember seeing it as a kid yeah as a kid and as a kid i was terrified of it me too but it's a comedy so i know i have a feeling that that is why it's not gonna hold up but i'm really curious i kind of want to go back because i loved it growing I'll up i'll sit through is it like john goodman the exterminator yeah, yeah. i love john goodman yeah anytime some character actor is playing an exterminator for a for a scene, Brad Dorif and Graveyard Shift is the best part of that yeah. movie. It's a piece of shit movie, yeah. and when Brad Dorif is it's, there, it's electric. He's just stealing every scene he's in. Bowman, let me tell you, that gray black son of a. 
bitch would have nowhere else to go but inside. And he'd, he'd start to turn his way through looking to put an end to that loud beating sound. That the human artichoke. So warm, so juicy. I mean, he's electric. Yeah. yeah. But also arachnophobia... So... At the beginning of quarantine, I think it was, I had this like little solo marathon weekend where I watched a whole bunch of spider movies. Of course, I watched Kingdom of the Spiders for the umpteenth time. And I watched a lot of those 50s atomic terror spider movies, which are all just unfortunately kind of boring. And so I think things like Giant Spider Invasion, where the spiders fucking come from space... And arachnophobia follow that second type of spider movie where it's not just atomic terror and more interesting yeah. things are happening. So I feel like it could it could hold up. I want to give it a whirl. I'm For curious. some reason, I loved Tarantula as a kid. I loved it as a kid, but when I rewatched it last year, it was, it was a little snoozy. Uh, is that one of the 50s? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen Clint it. Clint Eastwood is in it. He's a, He's young and he's an asshole he's in it. He's in that and like Revenge of the Creature. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he shows up in like a little he's tiny bit He's in Revenge parts. of the Creature for like two seconds. Yeah, he's like playing with like a mouse or something. Mm, that's the one that gets the least amount of play in my house. I always go one to three yeah. whenever I'm watching those movies. I've skipped over two that's quite a few times. probably smart. Three was too heady for me as a kid. And then when I got older, I was like, oh, wow, this one's actually really fun. I love cool. how in the third one, it has this like downer ending where the creature's like standing on like a cliff looking out and sad. And it's yeah. like a sad like. Yeah. They always ended sad for him. Poor creature. But I think also, since we're talking about creature on my list of not animals attack movies are generally movies where there's some sort of animal human transformation or animal human right. hybrid like the creature while i love a lot of them they just i think follow very different rules they're like monster movies right right while we're on the not topic of exact animal attack (laughs) we're shopping at not topic (laughs) (laughs) have any of you seen the doberman gang no yo the doberman gang is this like action bank robbery heist flick where the people doing the robin are Doberman pinchers. What? They got these like collars on them and they like rob banks. Six Doberman pinchers trained to commit the most incredible caper ever conceived, the Doberman gang. Six savage Dobies with a thirst for cold cash that leaves banks bone dry. The Doberman, the Doberman gang. gang. Oh, I think that's like based on a true story because I remember watching it. <laughs> no, I'm, de- I'm dead. I'm no, I'm dead serious because I remember for whatever reason I was watching Adam Twelve with my dad, and all the cases are based on fact. And there was a guy who was get training his dogs to see. They were like purse snatching. They aren't robbing banks or okay. anything. Yeah, if I get a dog, I'm teaching it how to rob banks. That shit's awesome. All right, back to the world here. Number six is one of the best one of the best it's it's so good it's a wonderful film we're talking of course of 1980s alligator Alligator. oh fuck yeah it lives 50 feet beneath the streets it's 36 feet long it weighs over 2,000 pounds and it's about to break out. 
Yeah, this movie slays. I've always loved alligators in particular, and I think they're so adorable. And part of that, I think, stems from watching this movie as a kid and just loving Ramon and wanting Ramon to eat everyone in New York City. You truly root for Ramon in this movie. Like when he busts up a wedding... Like, if I ever get married and an alligator shows up, I I would be fine with it. (laughs) Please eat my extended family. (laughs) I mean, it's like legitimately good. It's well directed, well written. Fucking Robert Forster does a fantastic performance. He's always going on about his, like, how he's balding and he's really bothering him. Yeah, they wrote that, like, into the movie form when he was There's losing his hair. There's a terrific scare in the beginning when they're in the first going yes. through the sewer. And, like, the guy, he's not looking and his flashlight just goes in the background and you just see, like, the giant alligator head, like, pulling back. It gets me every time. Like, I forget all about it and yeah. then it happens. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, this movie rules. I first saw it at, I think it was the first first horathon, the yeah. first twenty four hour horathon, like twelve, thirteen, so years ago, a million years and ago. It was, I think it was like their like nine a.m. or like eight, maybe it was their eight a.m. movie or something. It, yeah, it was like the second or third to last movie. I remember thinking, okay, I need to sleep. Whatever this next movie is, I'm gonna take Not a nap. Not when Ramon shows up. No, I I was glued to the the screen the whole time. That's when we were sleeping on the floor. Like the first two years, you were allowed to go on the floor. Yeah, it was lawless those first couple of years. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I I remember the first year, though, we went on the floor and she's like, okay. So the screen's like 10 feet away from me and they play Teenage Mother. And I fell asleep and I wake up to the whole theater screaming. I went outside for that. And just watching a baby being born. It was like the. um, (laughs) So I'm watching this baby with forceps on its head being pulled out of this giant vagina. Like 100 foot bloody vagina with a baby head getting pulled Uh, out. But then I think Alligator was like one or two after that. And it was, oh my God. Great movie. And speaking of babies, there's a great baby scene in Alligator. <laughs> oh, yeah. With the baby alligator getting flushed down the toilet? No. The, or the kid getting eaten by the... The kid getting eaten yeah, by they, Ramon. They, they make him walk the plank and they don't see that the giant alligator's <laughs> in, the, in the... Oh, and how could I forget? Henry Silva, as the guy paid to hunt the alligator. The Quint. Yes. He is, I think, in the running for coolest human of all time. He's still with us. Yes, he is. He's He's like like 9,000 years old. Is Henry Silva that Italian guy with the face, the like flat fucking face? So he's an American guy, but he's mostly in Italian movies. But he does have the face. Yeah, he's an almost human. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's American? He's in a bunch of uh, DeLeo movies and always has the wildest outfits. He's the villain in Sharky's Machine. Where he's this drug addict hitman, and it's fucking rule. He steals the whole movie. It's a fun movie, but he it's it's his movie. Well, he doesn't steal Alligator though. Alligator definitely belongs to Ramon. Yeah, and uh, Robert Forrester. And Robert Forrester. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was watching like the making of it, and the one rule was they had to find a way to kill the alligator without blowing it up because they only had one alligator prop, and if they had to go back to do reshoots. reshoots and they blew it up they couldn't so uh, like the alligator's fate after the movie was made he was used as like a florida football team's mascot for years before he finally fell apart that's amazing also speaking of florida my single favorite 
Florida man headlines all have to do with people's alligators. Like, yeah, they're always throwing them into oh my like God. There's, convenience there's stores. There's this great one where it's like a guy brings his alligator to the bar and tries to trade the alligator for some beer. <laughs> there's <laughs> another one from last year where this guy got arrested because he had like a pet alligator. He resisted arrest because they were trying to tell him that he couldn't feed his alligator and he was like but he loves bagels and he's such a good boy (laughs) he just loves his bagels crockett from miami vice his his pet is an alligator on his boat elvis wonderful i went to college with somebody who had a pet alligator in the bathtub at their frat house alligators love marshmallows really yep I worked with a kid that was bitten by an alligator. Whoa. He was from Florida. Um, They were playing with a a tennis ball. It rolled down the drain. He reached down the drain. Oh, no. Yeah. It was like like a small alligator. It was one that would be like in a drain. It wasn't like one that would take your It wasn't Ramon. But he showed me all the scars. He said Alligators are fucking scary. I know they're cute. They're so cute. It's that that stealth attack. To be fair, though, do you think every animal's cute? I do. Well, but you're both vegetarians. Yeah. Do these animal attack movies kind of yeah. give you some sort of? I think what we both want, and I don't mean to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure I know that what we both want is for the animals to just win and kill everyone. Right. Right. It's 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 revenge. It's their time. Yeah. I mean, it was their plan at first, and they took care of it a lot better than we did for millions of years. Especially alligators and crocodiles yeah. who have been here since the dinosaurs, right? Yeah. We love them. They just love their bagels. They're all good boys. (laughs) At first, no one believed it. Now, no one will forget it. Alligator. All right. Want to move on to number five? Yeah. This is one that I had never seen until a couple days ago. And all my life, I disregarded it as i assumed it was jaws for babies that's that's what i thought the movie was it was going to be a shitty jaws knockoff just for like super little kids who are too scared of sharks so here is a killer whale oh you thought this was going to be free willy of jaws yes so (laughs) (laughs) so number five is orca from 1977 the only real movie on this list Which is a brutal fucking movie, arguably more brutal than Jaws. The ancient Romans called him Orca Orcinus, Latin for bringer of death. He is without challenge the most powerful animal on the globe, the killer whale. Orca has 48 teeth, set in two impressive rows. I was shocked. This movie kind of moved me a little yeah, bit. It like yeah. fucked me up. I... I was not expecting that at all. And I love when that happens. Like, I love when my shithead teenage self blocked me from something. And then now that I'm older and I, like, have no shame or don't give a shit about, like, being cool or whatever, I, like, will watch a movie that I always just thought was dumb that I had never seen. Right. And I'm just rewarding my future self by being an asshole. And also you would appreciate it more as a grown up too. So it works better that like, it's like, Oh, thank God. I I think it would be boring for kids. Oh no. I watched it as a kid. It fucked me up, especially the, yes, the whale. uh, Okay. Uh, So Orca is about this like shitty drunko fisherman played by Richard Harris. 
Who is great at playing drunk assholes yes. who have this like haunted vibe. And and he's just like this like scumbag fisherman who's like out killing sharks. Well, not killing sharks. He's get, he's catching them for aquariums because yeah. like all the aquariums are like, oh, they'll pay for the, you know, big sharks. Which is basically killing them. It is. Isn't it true that there's no great whites in captivity because they always die within yeah. like a few months? Yeah. Well, I mean, think about orcas in captivity. They're fins. Oh. It's, oh, so yeah. it's so sad. It's so sad. Anyway, um, the opening scene, he's hunting a shark. And just as they're about to get it, a killer whale just splits it in half. And everyone is so shocked that, like, the biggest badass of the water just got eaten by a killer whale. By They're big, though. They're fucking big. They're psycho, sure. yeah. too. They kill seals for fun. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they hunt seals together as a pod. But, like, not even to eat, like just, for just, sport. just for, like, there's actually, it's, I read this article, this has been a few years, but it's, like, the one time where, like, empathy for an, within animals has been shown is that blue whales will actually come in and rescue the seals. Like, there's actually this video of the seal riding this blue whale's fin from, oh. to safety. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, not to bring Free Willy up again so soon, but... In a way, I feel like it really wrongly sells killer whales because they're not these like gentle doofuses. They're basically like the tigers of the ocean. Yeah. So early in the movie, there's a scene where this professor character, she's explaining to her class what killer whales, orcas can do. And and there's like a outline that has the human brain a dog brain, a chimp brain, and an orca brain. And the orca brain is, like, wormy as fuck. Like, there's all kinds of ridges, and, like, it looks... It's, you know, a very brainy brain. And they go on to explain that they have have capacities for revenge, and they remember things, and they're just, like, setting them up in a way that sounds fake. No, but it's real. Whales are so smart. And so Richard Harris's character figures out, holy shit, I can get mad money for these sick double stuffed oreo looking fish <laughs> that he goes out hunting to catch them and the the professor like lady's like you're gonna kill them you're gonna like kill them trying to do it and these are not fish they're not dead-eyed sharks they're and they're monogamous and they like live these real and they have very close-knit families they're pods yeah in some respects, the orca's intelligence may be even superior to man's. They remain loyal to one mate for life. As parents, they are exemplary, better than many human beings. And like human beings, they have a profound instinct for vengeance. Yeah, my, my uncle is a sea captain and has spent like most of his life in the water and has encountered lots of sharks and things and like giant marlins who have ripped people off boats and killed them. And Whoa. he said that one of the scariest encounters he ever had is on the boat that he was on, they accidentally split up a pod and they separated a male from a, a pup, like a, a whale pup, and he charged the boat and they, they like basically tried to show him like, look, we're just trying to get out of your way. Whoa. Yeah, they're no joke. Not at all. And Richard Harris, he misses his shot of the bull orca that he's after 
and hits his wife. Mm. And then they they pull this this like screaming orca aboard and they hold it up by its fin upside down. And all the while the like the husband whale is just watching and crying. Yeah. An innocent creature is destroyed by an act of human cruelty and the ultimate battle of man against nature begins. Can you commit a sin against an animal? He followed you. He saw you on the deck of the boat. They always remember the human being who had tried to harm them. That's awful. They grab this hook and they stick it into the orca to like move it around and out comes this whale fetus onto the ship and everyone on board is grossed out and disgusted by it and Richard Harris just grabs a hose and hoses it off the deck. Yeah. And and the whole time the daddy whale is just screaming and doesn't crying. the mama orca like bang into the propellers before they lift? Oh it? yeah, she yeah, she yeah, like kills herself. Up, she yeah. like suicides on yeah. there when they realize that they're like fucking it's kidnapping so awful. her. It is so going into this and thinking that it was just going to be a Jaws knockoff and this like kids movie. And that was the first half. And I stopped and I ate breakfast in silence by myself. Like I was like, okay, maybe I should have eaten before doing this. And I took a minute and the whole time I'm eating, I was thinking Richard Harris is the biggest fucking scumbag in film history. I couldn't believe how much I hated this guy. Dumbledore? How could you hate Dumbledore? Oh my gosh. I was so fucking pissed eating my eggs. And then when I went back and finished the movie, the whole second half, his character is haunted by what he did. The orca, the the bull, is just stalking him. For the rest of the movie, burns down a town to get at him. (laughs) It does the crazy... It it sinks every single boat in the harbor except for his because it wants him out in the water. It's basically like Death Wish, but with an orca. A hundred percent. Dino De Laurentiis was not doing a Jaws knockoff. He was making fucking Death Wish. Well, and that's why... So I'm not crazy about orca because the first half is too sad for me. And the second... If I could like just watch the second half where the orca just murders everyone... It, that would be fine, yeah. but isn't isn't it a young Robert Carradine, the one that gets like bitten in half somewhat? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I recognize the Carradine name in the credits. Yeah, it's Robert pre Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, I only can recognize two Carradines. What David? Carradine. David and Keith. Keith. Well, Rick, not Robert. John. Who the fuck's John? John Carradine. Oh my God. Wait, is that the dad? Yeah. Oh. He's yeah. always he well, was like I don't born. Know who Keith he was is, born then. an old Keith man. Keith was Keith Carradine was uh, in Dexter. Hmm. I, I'm still not picturing I, I knew the dad. He's I knew the dad guy. and David. John Carradine was Dracula for a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know him from Astro Zombies. Yep. Yeah. And lots of other movies that were made for $500. Shockwaves. Oh, Ooh. yes. Yeah. Speaking of great aquatic movies. Yeah. But, okay, so... In defense of Orca being on this list, we had to have some sort of like shark movie or something like that. And I feel like as far as sort of deeper cut psychotronic movies go, this is a better choice than Jaws. And it's also, oh, because Jaws isn't really psychotronic. It's just a regular movie. It's one of the biggest mainstream movies. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a movie that pretty much created the term blockbuster. Yes. And... I, almost 10 years ago now, had this blog where I did these sort of themed film series where I would write, I would watch and write about anywhere from like 50 to 150 movies in a series. And 
I did this animals attack series and I watched all these fucking jaws ripoffs and I wanted to kill myself by the end. Yeah. So I'm so glad that we're not talking about any of those Italian jaws movies. Cause Orca is so much better than all of those. It's tentacles is so much better than all of those. Yeah. I haven't seen tentacles in years. Tentacles rules. It yeah. has Henry Fonda. <laughs> and it, it has the world's largest floppiest hat. Yes. <laughs> Shelly Winters. So I'm going to pronounce the name wrong, but Telequim? Do you guys oh, know Telequim? Tilikum. 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 The, the SeaWorld killer whale that murdered three people. Uh, killed his trainer in like Canada. An absolute fucking king. We yeah. stand for Tilikum yeah, on, on this show. Then a homeless guy snuck into SeaWorld and decided to take a swim, which just happened to be Tilikum's tank. tank. I read the autopsy report. Of course you did. <laughs> so not only is he like like a giant, chewed him up and spit him out, but somehow she got his balls too. Yeah. Yeah, just absolutely obliterated this dude's balls. Then, last but not least, is Dawn Bocamp, who was the one where Telekim killed her in front of everybody. Oh, yeah, and this the SeaWorld show. Wild. And all the footage of it, SeaWorld has locked down so it will never be released in the public because in their statement, Telecom took her down and drowned her. Yeah, I don't think killer whales do that. The people in the front row are like, no, like I saw limbs. I saw like, a <laughs> fountain of blood, like, but all the footage. That's is, the like, show that we want to see. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Fuck that would yeah, be a great silicone. movie. I would make like an Orca knockoff where it's like somehow there's like a big flood in a in a SeaWorld type place. Like and Jaws just, 3 and Orca combined. Right, right. And there's some kids that are just like trapped in this Wait, park. is it Jaws 3 or Jaws, Jaws 4? 3. Jaws 3, yeah. Which I hate. It's the weakest one. I, I used to think Jaws it was 3. down in order, but no, 4 is my is my second favorite now. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, dude, Jaws 4 rules. Wow, I know we said we weren't really going to talk about Jaws on this episode. Well, it's an Animal's Attack like, episode. We got to talk yeah. about Jaws for what a minute. What the fuck are you Jaws talking 4 about? Jaws 4 space. is a piece of Jaws shit. Jaws 4 is the one at the theme park. Uh, no, that's 3. 4 is the one in the Bahamas. It's oh. the one where Michael Caine was cashing his check yeah. when someone interviewed okay. him yeah. after he made the movie. They're like, um, so uh, why were you in Jaws 4? And he's like pointed to some fucking house. Jaws 2, like I always liked, which I still kind of like. I don't like Jaws 2. It's boring. It's Yeah, it takes too long to get started. It ha it's neat because it it's like the slasher movie Jaws. Yeah. But, but it's basically just like kids sitting on rafts screaming right. for the entire movie. It's like, can the shark just please fucking kill some people? Jaws 4 is like if like Bruno Mattel and Claudio Fragasso, <laughs> Fragasso somehow managed to get all this money to make a Jaws knockoff. Isn't that off. what Jaws 5 is? Yes, in a way, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just... Cruel, fifth Jaws It's movie? an Italian movie called Jaws 5, Cruel Jaws. Cruel oh, Jaws cruel movie, Jaws. but they released it's it as Jaws 5. It's not good. Somewhere. Yeah. No. It's all not the best good. stuff they took from The Last Shark. It's literally all the Which shark stuff. Which is also not great. I love The Last Shark. I'm sorry. That's that. I love that I, one. I love so many bad Italian movies, which it actually might be a good time to talk about those, but I just don't love any of those Italian shark movies for some reason. But I do love an Italian rat's attack movie, which brings us to number four on our list. Rats. What do they want from us? Rats. Why are they man's enemy? Rats. They are watching and waiting. Rats. Their time has come. Ah! 
Why do rats repel us? What is it about those little furry bodies that's so frightening? Just think of them close to you. Rats. Night of Terror. From, as you just said, Bruno Mattei and Claudio Fragasso going under like 12 different fake names here. Vincent Dawn. That's my favorite of the fake Italian names. I think it sounds cool. Vincent Dawn. Yeah, it sounds like a cool... It sounds like somebody's like mid-80s porn name. Yeah, so it's cool. (laughs) Oh, what's your porn name, John? Is that when you take your middle name and the street you live on? Yeah, yeah. Paul David. Jesus, that's awful. He sounds like a priest. I don't trust anybody with two first names either. No. What are those? Aren't those twins, Davids? The the twins from the Barbarian Brothers? Oh. Oh, those like disgusting freak men with the giant muscles on their like faces and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. They're great. Holy shit, they're so cool. I love when they show up in movies. I'm pretty sure they live in Rhode Island, so we could go visit them. Whoa. I hope they don't (laughs) know that I just called them awful freak men. (laughs) They listen. They're never listening to our (laughs) podcast. I think you're safe. (laughs) But anyway, Rats Night of Terror is nuts. We we watched it just before we started today and holy shit. Yeah, it's fucking cool. It so it has the same sort of magic that Night of the Lepus does for me where so this is a movie that I hadn't seen in probably 15 years and I was sort of obsessed with it. And when we watched it today, I was genuinely afraid that it wasn't going to seem as wonderful, but it just doesn't make any fucking sense in the best in the best way that only low budget Italian exploitation cinema can pull off. Of the movies on our list so far, this is the one that is the most psychotronic. Because like two things were going on. Like Italians were still making splatter movies, but at that time they were still making those Mad Max knockoffs. And they were just like, let's put the two together. That was the biggest surprise is as soon as the movie started and there was that opening title card. 225 years after the bomb. Yeah, it's it's set in 2015. <laughs> 215. Uh, 2215 or something. Or is it? I thought it was 200 because it's a new timeline like we started. Oh, for some reason my brain just went to 2015. But it was awesome to see people in like the like Bronx warrior outfits oh or whatever. God. Those like the... The, the group of them, half of them are dressed like bikers in a typical Italian post-apocalyptic movie. And would you like to describe the rest of them? It's it's like you're playing your friend's role-playing game and you get to design your character. Anyway. And you got one person that looks like... He's in a Michael Jackson like marching band right. jacket. You have yeah. like a Shaolin punk Instead of a Shaolin oh. monk. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, you were saving that. Yeah. You were. <laughs> there was... The lady in the, in yeah. the like, Dracula cape. Yeah, yeah. It was... whose, whose name is Lilith, and her boyfriend's name is Lucifer. And he, he's wearing a shirt that it looks like something... I think you were saying this, Charles. It looks like something that Suicide would wear in oh, yeah. uh, Return it... of the Living Dead. It's like, it's this like cut off sleeved shirt with this it's not a costume yeah it's a way of life it it has fake blood all over it that looks like ketchup like this is the print of the shirt yeah it's 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 like barbed wire and and blood stains where can we get these shirts at not topic not topic (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's the the end with the the rat human wait wait we need to say what the plot is first oh yeah hang on so okay so the plot is this like band, 
this <laughs> band should take two of, sentences. This band of bikers and D and D cosplayers roll through this abandoned town looking for somewhere to hide that has food and water and they find this set location that's the only place Bruno and Claudio could afford. They go in, find all this food. It's like bags of brown sugar and flour. They're just throwing flour in the air like they've never fucking... Oh, it's so sick. And they soon discover that the place is infested with rats. And they're not really bothered by it at first. It's just like, oh yeah, there are rats here. Yeah, they should be used to it. And the rats aren't bothering anyone. But then they find these dead bodies that clearly have been eaten by some rats. And something happens in the film that I'm not sure how to describe where they yeah where they just suddenly decide and by they I don't mean the characters I the mean filmmakers. Bruno and Claudio suddenly decide that these rats are horrible and scary but they don't do anything to convey that no, no the no. rats are just chilling there's no. dead bodies around that's it all they do to convey that is they have like three female characters who like stop every five minutes to scream just and they have some very woe tied interns whose jobs are to just throw buckets of rats at people i would love to get the job on a film set where i'm just throwing fucking where you're rats the rat at fluffer. people yeah i'm just dumping a bucket of rats on some fucking <laughs> guy dressed up like like pinhead or something my job would be to distract the aspca guy that's there <laughs> that's <day. laughs> uh, but it is it is a wonderful movie and and the rats who are the antagonists don't do anything. They they even look like the most innocent things in the movie. They're cu- they're cute. I mean, now I feel put on the spot. You said that every single. Said, we've gone down the list here. You they're know. all cute. The only one you didn't say was cute were baboons. They're not. Oh uh, yeah. So we see where the line in the sand is. The ones that start to look a little bit more human like. Baboons uh, don't look like humans. No, they don't. They look like fucking monsters. They are monsters. Next. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Yeah, I think Rats Night of Terror is a great movie for someone who's not afraid of rats, but who hates them because they just fucking kick rats well, nonstop. There's a movie coming up further on our list. Oh, we'll yeah. We'll burn them rats when we get there. Okay? Yeah. Oh, come on. I know what's coming. I know you two well enough where I know what's coming. And <laughs> you have good enough taste to know that we're at number four. And so we still have to get to the top three. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that number three, like Orca, is one of the more legit movies on, oh, yeah. quote unquote, legit movies on our list. Ooh, it, what is it? It's Razorback. Oh, fuck. From 1984. God has created it. And hell has given it a name. Now, there's a new breed of terror. The wonderful Russell Mulcahy's debut film, and if his name doesn't sound familiar, he directed Highlander and some of the sequels. He made a fuckload of music videos, like very, very influential in the way that a lot of 80s, especially early 80s pop culture looked. But he's Australian and got his start as a filmmaker with Razorback, which is the world's most beautiful giant boar movie. Yeah, I... I had seen it years ago, and I don't know whether I watched a shitty VHS or I watched it on YouTube, but it just looked kind of dark and like not that great. Yeah. Last October, when we couldn't go to the 24-hour horathon because of uh, the pandemic, 
Sam, you did a lovely job of curating a 24-hour horror marathon, and Razorback was one of the first Hell yeah. like few movies on the list. I think it was like number two or three. It sure was. And I was just taken aback. It was like I had never seen it before, and I was watching this just gorgeous, dreamy Australian film. Yeah, no, it's super stylish. Like you can definitely tell he he was somebody who would work on music videos, just like the quick cutting and, and the the everything is like backlit right. with these gorgeous like it's not quite Mario Bava level gel lighting, but he does some very kind of 80s looking like neon gel lights before a lot of other people were doing that. Yeah, and it doesn't really feel like say a, a Michael Manny kind of neon. Yeah, it's not that over the top. It's, yeah, and it's almost like the sky is just constantly doing something gorgeous. It's almost like German expressionism yes. meets meets Miami Vice. Because there's the one scene where the lead character is like lost in the desert. He's in a drought or something, and it just looks like he's walking into a one cover of a prog rock album to another yes. the, whole, the whole time just like 10 prog rock albums this guy walks through it's so beautiful and i think there are some really effective jump scares so okay going back a minute i think why i didn't like shadow of kilimanjaro is because i wanted it to be more like razorback where razorback in a lot of ways is this kind of outback drama slash thriller where you have these characters who are kind of in dire straits like they are in so many Outback movies. Yeah. Especially like, uh, what's the one with Donald Pleasance with the flies buzzing on his face? Wake and, and Fright? Wake and Fright is... Uh, I can't. Chilling. I've never seen it. I oh can't my god! It. I know, I know, but I know it's it's wow. like thirty minutes of kangaroo. Real it's kangaroo not that punching. long. It's not that long. It's enough, John. You should watch it's, it. I remember watching amazing. Naked Prey, where it's like twenty minutes of real an elephant poaching. I'm like, I cannot watch. Yeah, this. I, I, can't. I can't do that either. And I I think Wake and Fright is such an incredible film that it's worth it for that scene because it it it's it's almost like. An orca. Like, yeah. You need to have that horrifying scene yeah, for the it, rest it, of I'm it. I'm sure it one day I'll yeah. see it, but I'm just going to, I know one day when I'm yeah. prepared for you it. You can just fast forward. Well, they don't it. actually hurt the kangaroos. They just put a little honey on them. Oh, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Those hunters are just licking the honey shut off. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's ketchup. Yeah. but It's not real kangaroo blood. But Razorback, like, it's something that should have been, like, plot-wise, very generic. It should. I think a lot of people assume it's going to be a stupid Jaws ripoff with a wild boar, and it is not. Right. And it has those two kangaroo poacher characters who are wonderful. They're just terrible people. And um, yeah, I, I love when they set up those kind of scumbags in these yeah. movies and they give the animals someone to just fucking rip apart. You need that. And it has the scene where the boar like runs through somebody's house and like he like eats the guy's dog. And then the chain is like stuck on him, and he takes the guy's house with him, and you just yeah. see the, the house. That's, like, isn't that like the opening scene, it, or is no, that, it's, that's it's later? Like, in it? It's later. That's in the, the scene movie. that I always sticks in your brain because yeah. it's and incredible. It's, and it does the psycho thing, where like you set up this one lady, and you're like, oh, this is going to be our the main, main character, character. Oh, and then all of a sudden, wait. nope, not in Razorback. It also kind of has that Cobra style ending in a factory with all kinds of chains and shit. Yeah, it, it's it's also yeah. very much like the first Terminator, which was the same 
year, I think. Yes. And they even have to like kill the, the villain at the end Lots the same way. of creepy factory deaths in 80s cult movies. Yeah. And Razorback looks like the kind of movie that would have like Evangelies or Tangerine Dream score. Totally. It kind of sounds that way. It yeah. does. It's so magical, and I, I love it. That that and alligator so far are my favorites. I think that we've put on the list. I think number two, we're cheating a little bit. We're not cheating, Sam. This is considered cheating. It's not cheating when you make a top ten list and you have eleven movies on there. <laughs> you're okay, cheating. But, you're cheating. But it's a bonus track at the end of the album. You got a little bonus. We're track. doing a two for two. We are, and and there's a reason why these Absolutely. movies are together for number two. There's no way to pick. Yeah, you can't talk one. about one without the other. And to be honest, they're related. They're like sister films. They're both from the same director. They both have the same star. And they're made a year apart. Yes. We are, of course, talking about Grizzly and Day of the Animal, William Girdler's classic ecological horror animal attack flicks. Grizzly is one of the Jaws knockoffs that's like the most Jaws knockoff. Of it's Jaws like knockoff. shot yeah. for shot Jaws, but in and, the forest. Yeah, but there's no water. And yeah. he got sued. That's stupid. I mean... You should be able to rip people's fucking movies off anytime you want. I think I think once Beyond the Door got away with ripping off The Exorcist, all the studios got all bets real. were off. Yeah, they were like, no, we cannot let this happen again. Fuck but I'm studios. not sure what they were worried about because compared to the amount of money that Jaws and its sequels and all of its right. merchandise made, how much fucking money do you think exactly. Grizzly made in comparison? I love the scene where... Uh, they're walking and he steps in the mangled carcass that the bear buried to eat for later. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. He's putting his snacks away. And Day of the Animal, for some reason, I thought was going to be... Leslie Nielsen goes insane and wrestles a bear. And also is a rapist. Yes. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Like, he's scary Leslie Nielsen, which he doesn't do very often. I... Love Leslie Nielsen, but I especially like he's great in his comedic roles, but I especially love when he plays against type as he does when he works with William Girdler. And there's this other crappy low budget spy thriller called Project Kill that Leslie Nielsen is in. And he kicks the shit out of somebody in like a 15 minute scene on an airplane hangar. Sick. So he can be scary when he wants to. He's a big dude. And even in that fucking vampire movie. Dracula dead and loving it? Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Both of these movies are great. Did I, have I, I can't remember the Gates of Hell episode because I was blackout drunk. <laughs> um, the thing about Leslie Nielsen is he gives me death anxiety. Did I, ever, <laughs> did I ever tell you about what I used to do with Christopher George? So, oh. so, no. Christopher George a long time ago uh, was, was, uh, a, a playgirl centerfold. Oh hell! Oh yes, you did tell us the story, but I don't think you told this story on the episode. Okay, mm. this is a great story. Well, he gets, he gets yeah. naked and eats watermelon. He's just got his dick out. He's got his dick out, and he's cutting open watermelon. He's just hanging out naked. So for years, every time somebody would like leave their computer out. I would find that, and then I'd right-click and make it their background. Yeah, and you did that to my leave. phone all the time, too. And I guess 
you told a few of your friends that you did that that were also my friends and then i would get messages oh, of just like oh hey do you see this and it's just christopher george's cock <laughs> <laughs> did i start like the ring while everybody else had to keep <laughs> pass it around that's wonderful christopher george is or was a gift to humanity as he is in both Grizzly and Day of the Animals. They're fantastic. Yeah, I, I, that's what, something that I really like about them is that after you finish watching one, which is usually Grizzly is the way you start, Yep. your next thought is like, all right, Day of the Animal time, baby. And you just get this movie that's not a sequel. And is batshit in a different way. Totally. And is not a Jaws ripoff at all. And But it's just, it's so nice that you have these two movies as like a double feature built in which is why i don't think putting them both in number two is cheating it's it's not it's not i was giving you a hard time sam oh you love doing that but day of the animals also goes back to what i mentioned earlier where it's one of those movies that i think has more than just animals attacking people going on because it has all of this stuff about pollution and chemicals and that's sort of the explanation for why these animals are on a rampage and trap all these people on a mountain. Yeah. And I love that kind of animals attack where like it's our fault that the animals yeah, are attacking. Yeah, when nature is getting its just desserts, you can't help but root for nature. On the subject of grizzly, have you guys ever seen yellow fangs? No. No. Sonny Chiba's Whoa. sole directorial de- uh, effort. Whoa. It's... A true story, based on a true story, uh, back in like 18-whatever, uh, a a grizzly bear was just going into villages and killing women and like taking them. And uh, a team of guys have to go and hunt this bear. And it's uh, led by Bunta Shugawara. Did I say his last name right? Mm-hmm. Shugawara. Uh, is like the leader. And like, yeah, it's a man on a mission of this fucking killer grizzly bear and it rules it's a great Holy movie shit. that sounds awesome it was a big flop and it like destroyed sonny chiba he was in dire straits afterwards but it's it's a cool movie and there's like one scene where like they're just chilling out and the bear just runs amok through this like town festival and you know the the scene in american werewolf in london where you see the werewolf but you just see the head while like piccadilly circus mm-hmm. is like it's like that so same good. shot, but it's just like killer grizzly bear like running through. And then like it takes this lady and drags her away. It's a fucking great movie. Wow. I should be taking fucking notes. You guys have mentioned so much shit that I need to watch. Yeah. Yellow Fangs. It's great. Yeah. We'll watch Yellow Fangs. Yeah. That sounds great. I've never seen it either. All right. You guys ready for number one? John, you know what it is. I yeah. can't wait. You've processed of elimination yeah. your way down yeah. to it. The greatest animals attack movie of all time. Certainly the most psychotronic. Absolutely. More psychotronic than Rats Night of Terror, but also made by Italians, which is Wild Beasts. It's in the cat area. Oh, Christ. It is wild and normally i know this is your thing but i want to read this really funny plot synopsis i came across earlier that i think sums up what the whole movie is about and it's also really endearing and it seems like the sort of thing i would write so this movie is 1977 it's franco prosperi but here is the plot synopsis 
Wild Beasts is the tender, joy-filled tale of what happens when PCP is introduced to the drinking water of zoo animals, driving them berserk. <laughs> and that there it is, ladies and gentlemen. What's incredible about this movie is that it, it you don't know that it's PCP until about the halfway point. You just, all these animals bust out of a zoo and just go fucking nutso butso in this city, which is like it's like Rome or something. I or think it's supposed Milan. to be somewhere in Germany, maybe. It's okay. it's like Central Europe, I think. Like I don't think it's supposed to be set in Italy. Okay. That makes sense. I think it's like, like an undisclosed European city. Right. From, because I think they filmed it I, in Africa, right? I think parts of it. Yeah. Well, the director is one of the originators of the Mondo film. Hell yeah. With he is. Mondo Kane, Africa Audio. Maybe he did Africa Blood and Guts, but don't quote me on that. I think he did. All those movies, I've actually never really seen many of them. Oh, well, we're going to have to do a Mondo episode. We kind of are. We sure are, yeah. but let's not spoil it. I'm nervous about that one. I'm, I'm pumped. That's... Yeah, me too. But we're both more mean-spirited than you. Yeah, I remember John telling a story about a woman getting her face ripped off by a chimp and the cop that got PTSD <laughs> and you were just cackling like salacious crumb in, I... in Return of the Jedi. I couldn't breathe. Sorry about that, everyone. But it was, don't make me start laughing again. But Wild Beasts has what I imagine is that Mondo feel where there's real animals going after real people. There's no actual violence that I'm aware of other than a scene where we sort of alluded to this earlier, but there is this pretty upsetting scene where a bunch of rats are killed because they're set on fire. But other than that, I don't think there's any real violence but there are these terrifying scenes like there's this. So basically all the animals or a lot of the animals break out of the zoo. Hopped up on PCP. Out of their minds. I think the two greatest scenes in the movie, aside from all the dialogue between these characters who are just terrible. Oh, when the scientist says list, listing the street names for PCP. It's so funny. Well, Berthus will inspect the entire water system and keep you informed. What's that? PCP. Incredible. It's dynamite. It's a drug. They call it angel dust. Peace powder, zombie dust. Also jet fuel and busy bee. A thousandth of a gram of it is enough for a trip. Sounds wild. They add it to tobacco and smoke it. Yeah, you can smoke it, sniff it, shoot it, eat it, and drink it also. There's a scene where a polar bear is set loose in an elementary school, oh and they're like clearly kids on set with a polar bear yeah in like a tight hallway on like a staircase and it's and a real polar bear it's not like some fucking bear that they spray painted no, white no it's a it's polar terrifying bear. looking and even that would be scary <laughs> you're just putting a bear with kids in general for sure but bears like black bears and brown bears and even grizzlies you can train to be show animals which is yeah. horrible and we shouldn't do that to them but you can't fucking train a polar bear the the saying goes if it's brown lay down if it's black, fight back. And if it's white, good night. Wow. wow. So really? basically, yeah, a black Holy bear, shit. you can go, ah, get out of here. A, a brown bear, you want to lay down on a, a little ball, you know. <laughs> but if it's a fucking polar bear, you're done. Yeah, my dear friend Leslie, if we ever do an episode on The Thing, we'll have to have her on because she used to work in Antarctica at the research station there. And she's done a lot of sort of like Arctic type jobs. And she was on one recently where they had a polar bear come to camp 
And unfortunately, when that happens, the polar bear has to be killed because uh, it, it will hunt people until it kills someone. Like yeah. the polar bear won't just stroll into camp and and eat something out of your garbage can and then go knock away. It, over. it will keep circling the camp until people come out and then it will eat them. In the case of wild beasts, it will try to eat some some eight year olds. Yeah, some kids. <laughs> and another scene that is fucking the craziest thing ever. Oh my god, it's nuts. It's the like, it's the centerpiece of the film. It, I would say it really. It's is. better and they than actually filmed this yeah. like in a city. It's better <laughs> than when the elephant crushes some car and steps on some fucking dude. No, about. I, love I love that, that shit part. too. That yeah. part's awesome. I'm talking about the fucking cheetah scene. Yeah. When like this lady's out running a cheetah and she gets into her car and the cheetah's chasing after her and it's all in like, I mean, they, they cut, but you can see the cheetah's behind the car and it's catching up to her the whole it's, time. It's kind of scary. It's terrifying. It's like, like the T-1000. It is. Yeah. They're like, you know, cheetahs are fast, but when you see them chasing after a person that's in a car, it's just like, you're fucking done, lady. That fucking cheetah is going like 60 miles an hour after this car down the highway. Yeah, it's so (laughs) intense. One of the reasons that makes this movie so great is that while we went down the list, you know, orca, killer whale, grizzly, bear, alligator, alligator, obviously... This movie's the destroy all monsters. Yes. It has oh, all the It has everything. You got the elephant, the Fuck cheetah, yeah. the, the polar bear. Like, well, and Day of the Animals has that kind of vibe, but it's all sort of like normal mountain woodland right. animals. Yeah, they this were, is like this every is exotic. And the whole fucking zoo yeah. is and like all it, the animals. And it has a sense of danger that you only get from like the Italian horror movies where like anybody can get it in any nasty way. You know, yeah. it's it's And you also have great scenes where i think like somebody hits on a 12 year old yeah and there, there's shit like that where you're just like what yeah why is this happening europeans i guess and by great i mean this gross is- and tasteless in a way that is it happens so casually that you're just like caught off guard even if you've seen italian horror movies this one in particular though that is the one reason why i don't show it to every single one of my friends is like some of the stuff with the kids is like a little bit too sketchy right you know? and, and it's not like peter bark and burial ground where it's a man dressed as a child it's like it's like oh my god why is this here like it was one thing when you burned real rats to death and then you just had to like take it one notch further. Yeah, you can choose between the pedophile or being eaten by a polar bear on PCP. Good luck, kid. This one's got it all, folks. I feel like there's another big scene that it, that I'm forgetting. There are so many. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't seen Wild Beasts. Yeah, there's a reason why it's our number one As soon choice. as the episode is over, you Do need it. to watch it. It's, it's the greatest. An absolute fucking hit. Have you guys ever seen The Beasts Are in the Streets? No. no. It's a made-for-TV movie from like the late 70s. It has tubs from Miami Vice in it. It's You love Miami Vice. I do. Yeah. So this guy crashes in this wall of the zoo and all the animals get loose. And it's made for TV, so nothing too bad happens. <laughs> no cheetahs chasing a car. But there's this great, like cliffhanger because every 10 minutes there's a cliffhanger because there's a commercial break yeah. okay the the cheetah or the tiger whatever big cat is is in this hospital and they're like trying to catch it and then like the the last shot 
is the tiger walking into this room and it lifts up and it's the emergency surgery room. Oh my so, God. So these people are performing emergency surgery and this tiger has just walked in. Oh, wow. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, that's stay awesome. tuned. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I would not touch the dial after yeah. that fucking one. That sounds awesome. I fucking love this genre. I mean, I just love seeing people get wrecked by animals. Yeah. Me too. You know, like even though it I'm not a vegetarian, I fucking hate people so much and i totally get you know why you wouldn't want to eat an animal because they're so much nicer than people if i if i crash landed on some island somewhere and people who hunt animals gave me meat to eat i could do it it's factory farming oh yeah that's my problem as well it's just such a brutal hideous thing hey i'm really sorry for taking you guys to that fucking six flags great safari shit that drive-through safari was it made me sad. I thought it was going to be fun. I went to the, um, years ago, the Wildwood Aquarium, where they have like a bunch of alligators packed up in this small little mm. room. And they even have this thing that's like, if you give us $2, you can dump this goldfish in the piranha tank. Well, it's like one of those. That's actually yeah. kind of fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to do some honorable mentions? Yeah. yeah, of course. I think Piranha should get a shout out. Yeah. That's a I fun agree. movie. And I'm one of the few people that does stand for the second one. I know it's 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 just, I mean, it's goofy. I, I oh, It's classic James Cameron. I'll take it over. Avatar. Oh my God, don't get me started. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen Dogs? No. It's, it's like the Dawn of the Dead of animal attacks movies where it's like this town is just being attacked by fucking killer dogs. We don't have any dog movies on our list. We don't, and... I don't know why, but I don't... Actually, I do know why. I don't really like dog movies because... Like, animals attack dog movies because they always kill the dog at the end and it as a they kid... They kill a dog in the end in any movie that's got a dog yeah, in it. I know, yeah. and I can't watch any of them. As a kid, it was way too upsetting. Just watch a police body cam video. You'll see, like, six <laughs> of them. Yo, fucking cops love shooting dogs. Yeah. Like, they love I that I think it's, shit. like, one every six minutes gets shot. Oh, my right God, yeah. yeah. You fucking... Can we not, depre- sorry, can we not depress well, me anyway, at the end of the episode? Dogs... I just felt so much joy talking about wild beasts. Dog... So, dogs is... Yeah, it's brutal dog, but, like, the ending... It's like the birds where the dogs just kind of like get normal again. And they're like, man, like it just shows that any animal could just go nuts and kill anybody. And the final shot, it just fades out on a kitten. Yeah. <laughs> like the next <laughs> like the next movie is going to be cats. <laughs> That's magical. Uh, okay. My honorable mention, which I really wanted to be on our top 10 list, but it didn't really fit on there, which is fine. This fucking white buffalo oh, from yeah. 1977. Yes. Jay Lee Thompson made it. It's sort fucking of Bronson. a real movie. It's it's like a gothic western version of Moby Dick. Yeah, it's where, a snowy western. Where Charles Bronson is basically like locked in a death spiral with this ghostly white buffalo who's cursed. And it's it's one of those movies that like parts of it are kind of inept, but there's really nothing else like it's it. It's so fascinating. It, yeah. it, it was originally sold to me as being a Jaws knockoff with a buffalo, like a Western Jaws knockoff with a buffalo and Charles Bronson. I was like, I'm sold. And then what I got was... Not really that at all. Like I, I can no. see in the like marketing for it because it was I think yeah. that was another Dino movie, yeah. Dino De Laurentiis. Oh, Dino! But 
I think it's cool. Like, I think it's really unique. I have never seen it, but I always, I have been like curious about it, especially now that I'm like cautiously watching 90s horror movies, more out of like weird nostalgia than like, and morbid curiosity. Sometimes it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm in the mood for it. Man's best friend. Oh, okay. So when I said without I, spoiling anything, without spoiling anything, when I said I didn't like dog animals attack movies, one of my exceptions is Man's Sick. Best Friend, which so I haven't seen it as an adult. So you might want to take this with a grain of salt. I saw it in the theater as a kid and it stars a mastiff and I love them. I think they're so beautiful. It's basically like this lady, from what I remember, it's like this lady who's having a hard time teams up with this Mastiff who has gone through all these lab experiments. So it's like super Mastiff. Whenever someone is shitty to this lady, the Mastiff fucking kills them. And like Lance Henriksen is the bad guy and he's great. But as a kid, that was like my dream. It was like, I just need a giant Mastiff that's going to eat anyone who's mean to me. I just know because I seen it. And it was one of the reasons why I didn't watch it as a kid is that he, the dog kills a kitten. Like you Oh, in the like, trailer. Yeah. The trailer is iconic. Yeah. I had some video that I owned growing up and I watched the trailer all the time. I mean... Maybe that kitten had it coming. Yeah. You don't know. Maybe, maybe it was the kitten from the end of Dogs, and he was. Or he was it was the kitten from Gates uh, of Hell. Gates of Hell. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we love alligators and polar killer bears. whales and polar bears on this show, but we fucking hate kittens. That's not true. Okay, you're both obsessed with kittens. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think that's cool for the animal tax listicle BuzzFeed episode. Yeah, I feel like once we sign out, they'll be like, oh, what about? But well, that always so happens. We didn't do any snake movies, and I think we'll have to have a separate episode yeah. on some sort of there's awesome a, there's snake movie. There's a Cat 3 one that I really want to see, and I haven't been able to track it down. It's this like older Hong Kong. Is it Killer Snakes? No. Is it Lewd Lizard? It's not Lewd Lizard. Lewd Lizard's another one that we need to find. Have, we do. I have killer yeah. snakes, and like the problem, I haven't watched it yet. I know they, they're going to murder a thousand snakes, and I yeah. think I know the one you're talking about. Calamity of Snakes. It's yes. called Calamity of Snakes. Yeah, it's about this like apartment building, and the scumbag landlord wants to get the people out, so he loads it up with snakes. There's another one. It has red in the title. I can't. I can't. Red think to of, snake. Red to snake. <laughs> Stole my joke. <laughs> that would be great. Get ready for our red to kill episode, nope. everyone. But it's it's yes. I forget what it is, but red's in the title somewhere, and I know like <laughs> it's hard to get a bootleg, and a lot of people don't even want to see it because they know it's got like thirty thousand snakes just getting tortured. Yeah, butchered. I really think snakes are adorable. Not to repeat myself again, and I especially don't want to watch snakes getting chopped in half over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, that's a sour note. note you know, uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. We could probably do 10 of these animal attack listicle episodes one day. All right. Well, bye. Go watch Wild Beasts.